Welcome to the Seeing Beauty Sessions podcast. I'm your host, Lori Marie. Seeing Beauty Sessions is about stories of how women have turned their pain into purpose. Welcome to Seeing Beauty Sessions. I'm Lori Marie, and today I have one of the most incredible people that I know with us. Um, I, I don't even know words to use to describe this woman. Like she is such a badass, like self-sufficient artist, creative, magical being. <laughs> uh, Alice, I'm so, so excited to have you today. I met Alice from a mutual friend, Natalie, and I'm so grateful for Natalie for introducing us because Alice is just one of the most incredible human beings I've ever met. So welcome. Hi, <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> I'm, happy. I'm glad we met, I'm really glad we met. Yeah, yeah. Alice, yeah. Um, I, I just, um, I admire everything you've done and created for yourself and um, just how passionate you are about pursuing your own art and um, and we'll get into a little bit of that you know later how that all progressed but um, I think I would love to start off by just having you share a little bit about kind of your journey like what was life like for you what brought you to art um, you know has it always been with you was it with you from childhood like Tell us your journey of, of becoming an artist. Let's start there. Um, I've always drawn and made art. and was always encouraged to. Um, I was an only child. My mom wasn't really present, so it was kind of a good way to spend time with myself. And um, my friend's mom, Karen, ended up being my kind of sole mother caretaker, and she always encouraged it. And so did my grandfather. Um, so it was like, it was, it was always something that was around, um, and that I could do just to express myself. Yeah. And were you drawn to certain mediums or like, did you just kind of explore all? all I would explore mainly drawing and painting. Um, and, <laughs> and it was all pretty kind of rough and raw and I decided, um, so I worked full time and I went to school at night after high school <laughs> and uh, it took me 10 years to get through college. And when I was gonna transfer to college, I didn't know what I wanted to major in. And I was on a trip in Peru and I was talking to this guy Mauricio about it. And he kind of got in my face and was like, the first thing that comes to your mind, the first thing that comes to your mind right now, just scream out the first thing that comes to your mind. And I screamed out art. And then that was like, okay, I decided to, to pursue that and to get a degree in that just at that moment. And it's kind of like, there was not too much thinking about it. And I think that's kind of how the rest of my life has gone too. Like I just kind of do things intuitively without questioning it. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I got to hone in skills and, and kind of become, it was just better to explore, easier to explore that way when you have a kind of a, 
certain amount of training under your belt. Um, and then I just kind of ran with it, but it's always been something for me. I've never, you know, people, when you're an artist, they always ask, uh, what do you charge? Where do you show? They want some sort of resume. And it's kind of funny because for something like art, it seems counterintuitive to me. Like you shouldn't have to have any of those things, mm -hmm. you know? Like if you're a doctor, sure, I work at this hospital or I need to do this or that, but like art, um, I feel like if I think about monetizing, I, I tighten up, you know, you just gotta be free with it. Mm -hmm. Do you find art to be healing for you? Yeah, um, especially with drawings for a long time, I wouldn't show them to people right away because it was very much tapping into my subconscious for me as well like looking back at different parts of my life and what was coming out um, sometimes there are things that you don't even realize that are there or things that you're processing and then i look at the pieces of the drawings and you're just like oh <laughs> it's like a diary it's really revealing so you know i would post my drawings online and stuff like a few weeks after just so i can kind of know what it's about so people don't have like that much of a peek into my inner life but then afterwards you know i've had friends reach out like during really tumultuous times like are you okay <laughs> and i'm like yeah <laughs> like i had this one woman kind of floating on waves you know and it's just like yeah sometimes you feel like you're just floating you know and she's like reached out is everything cool i'm like yeah i'm just working through some stuff <laughs> <laughs>
when I was in high school, I did a little bit <clears throat> because, you know, you're kind of told what you're supposed to be or look like. Mm -hmm. But um, I had a lot of other things to contend with. So like that wasn't on the front burner. Um, I had, a, I was in survival mode a lot. So that kind of took precedence of like where I'm going to live and how I'm going to get my next meal and stuff like that. Um, I think it's, my for my own like personal aesthetics my mom would say things as a kid that i think stuck with me like she'd call me a ragamuffin and like stuff that wasn't very nice and you know always said that you had to like downplay your sexuality because you know other women would look at you in a certain way or men would take advantage of you but i also think i just kind of rebelled against that because i see she's got a mental illness so i didn't really like trust her opinions on much. <laughs> um, and I also had a support system of other people in my life. I called them my angels that kind of came in and loved me and I felt worthy there. But um, as far as self-love, I was abandoned by my mom and constantly abandoned before she like kind of left um, when I was in high school. And so that did have a huge effect on me it's, and that's something that I've been working through up until even now. Um, I can tell that like <clears throat> around high school when she left, I started to try to, because of the sexuality and looks and stuff, get that feeling of acceptance and love from men and boyfriends. So I always had a boyfriend or a relationship and I never dealt with that until um, my marriage. I was married for, we were together for 13 years. And at the end of that, I started to feel rejected by him. And I didn't have my own sense of self-love enough that like if he rejected me, then I wasn't worthy. And so the last, I think, eight years have, has been me processing that and realizing that, that, you know, because I wasn't kind of like loved by my mother, I was trying to find it in other people. And then when I couldn't find it in other people, then I didn't feel like I was worthy. And that's not a good place to start. So the last eight years has been me kind of building up that inner self-worth and self-love. Um, and man, it just waxes and wanes. It's a process. You think you have it and then something knocks you off your feet or, you know, you get, you have a little bit of self-realization that like, oh, that's what I was doing all those years. And that's why I'm lashing out against this person rejecting me or not accepting me for who I think they should be accepting me for and kind of finding, finally breaking free of that. And in my forties, you know, it's like, wow. Um, it, it sometimes takes a life, you know, to, to, to process that and to really feel it. Cause like logically you can understand it, but, um, those wounds are deep. And so unless you go deep to like heal that, like stuff that's under there kind of festering, it's always going to come up again and again and be triggered. Absolutely. It's like an esca, uh, is that the right word? Like excavating is that the word? <laughs> Excavating process where you're like digging up a layer to heal it. And then it's like, but yet you're still at different times going to be faced with a new level of that. Right. And realizing where it's coming from, you react to it 
And you're like, why do I feel so upset? Or why do I feel so like sad? And, um, and to realize like what your reactions are and where they're coming from actually, you know, cause it's not always what's on the surface or where you think it's coming from. And I had to realize that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I blamed my ex-husband a lot for my feelings of, of low self-worth where actually in the end, I'm like, it wasn't on him. Like he could, he didn't react well to, to, to my sadness, but that he, he didn't have the tools for that. And that's not on him to like give me self-worth. I needed to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So how were you able to start shifting those patterns and beliefs like after your divorce? I took a long trip. Um, I kind of had to like reset. Um, and that was really hard. But on that trip, I started learning, you know, things get placed in front of you that you have to listen to. So like I was given a book on um, the biography of Buddha and started to get it more into meditation, more into presence. But that, it, that doesn't solve everything. I mean, that's just a tool that you can continue to use. But it was the beginning of that kind of spiritual development because I didn't have any of that uh, when I was going through the depression and the divorce. And so that kind of began that journey. And then um, since then, just getting the tools of realizing like not to take things personally, to kind of look at the best in people and not to assume, you know, what you assume what people are thinking and knowing that they're on their own trip themselves um and not putting your emotions like blaming other people for your emotions and kind of just figuring out where that's all coming from um i think you know even just a couple of months ago um on a vision quest i just started to like look at things from other people's perspective as well like i had a whole lot of healing around my mom and i have a lot of pain around my mom and I got brought into what it must have been like for her as a single parent with an undiagnosed mental illness trying to take care of a little girl, you know? And I had to then like give myself safety as that little girl and like tell her that she's okay. And from then moving forward, I still get these dips, you know, the self-worth dips, but like, the duration is shorter, they're not as intense, and often they might be surrounding like other things, you know, mm-hmm. hormonal things even. <laughs> but then it's good, it's good to like know that they're still there, like, you know, you, you're constantly healing, you're never like not gonna feel the feels, it's just knowing how to work with it. what would you say to someone who's maybe just kind of starting their journey of like kind of repairing their self-worth or who's you know like maybe really struggling like where where would you or what would you say to to them to uh to begin that journey for themselves well I know the process I went through and what worked for me 
And I call it like, basically it's like years of reverse brainwashing. <laughs> um, so I started with meditation and meditation doesn't have to be like sitting with your eyes closed and focusing on your breathing. When I was traveling, meditation for me was like, even just walking, like walking through a city and being able to shut your brain off and just listen and look at everything and feel your feet underneath you. And then there's the inner dialogue, like what you're saying to yourself. Like I started doing more yoga and like just kind of flipping the script. Um, when you talk to yourself, you know, like your cells listen, they all know. And uh, you can really like create some damage if you're talking to yourself in damaging ways. So you have to catch yourself and don't feed that pain body, you know, like sometimes the tape is on repeat and there's no reason for it. So you got to like shut off that tape. Like don't, don't go down that hole um, because it's just self-fed. It's not real. It's, it's an illusion. Um, so even if you have to like write something down and like, even if you don't believe it, just say it until you believe it and just be positive. And it's like all the cheesy things, the affirmations, all that, it works. Like, when you look in the mirror, just be like, hey, beautiful, I love you. And like, when you look at your body, just be like, you're so amazing. Like, I can't believe how healthy I am. And like, even if you don't feel healthy, like if you say it enough and you believe it enough, I'm hugely into manifestation. And I got into that after, you know, all these things I couldn't really tap into in the relationship I was tapping into after. And the things started to work and come to fruition. And when you have one or two things come to fruition, hold on to that and be like, that's the possibility. Like, that's the sign that it can happen, you know? And what you, your words are very important. And what you think and what you say happen. Like, it's like when, we, when, when they talk about witches, spells, spells is spelling it out. It's like, so you have to like, just fake it, not even fake it till you make it, but like, say what you want to happen, say how you want to feel and just keep repeating it. And sometimes it'll take you years until you believe it, but you have to, you have to, because you're telling yourself the opposite and you're believing that. So like, just change it, just change what you're saying, you know, until you believe it because the other it's all an illusion you know if you're if you're if you're saying i'm not lovable and i'm not worthy then you're going to feel that way but that's not the truth the truth is what you believe and so if you believe that you're worthy and you believe that you're lovable and you just keep saying it even when you don't see it in other people you know you have to be able to sit to believe it within yourself like you're not you don't even if other people aren't giving it to you that's their own trip like don't take it personally can you share how super x ranch came into manifestation <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know that's one of those intuitive things where you're just like don't question it um <laughs> Well, first off, can you describe uh, for those people listening what Super X Ranch is? So I own, I have this piece of property on the edge of Pioneer Town near Joshua Tree, 20 acres, um, pretty private, it's just surrounded by desert, but like 
Josh high desert, you know, Joshua trees and shrubs. It's, it's, it's not like barren desert. Um, I admit, and, and, and uh, the space, I'm, I have a, a house on the property and a 2,400 square foot barn that I've converted into an art barn and built out a little bit. And with outdoor space, um, kind of for entertaining and, and have it hosting people. I've always enjoyed other people creating. I call it like the inspiration machine. Like once that cog gets going, it feeds the other cog. And, you know, part of my art is, is creating space. And it's always been like that. When I lived in San Francisco, I would have art nights. When I lived in Venice, I might have like, people knew the code to the lockbox to get into my apartment and would just come in and hang out and make art. And like, I don't know, I think that needs to, you know, be shared. So I didn't have like this overarching goal to create like a bigger space for people to come to, but that's always been my proclivity. So. I've been coming, I lived, I moved to LA from San Francisco and I've been coming out to Joshua Tree to camp like once a year. And one year I decided to rent a house for New Year's with a friend, uh, with Natalie. And it was just her and I and another friend, very mellow. And staying in that house, I was like, I think I want to get a place out here, which, you know, kind of didn't like, who knew how that was going to fall together. I had just gotten divorced and I had like, gone on this trip and had like the most sporadic tax returns of my life that, that year and was like freelancing and living in Venice. Um, and so that was in January of 2014. And then like I went, you know, after that trip, went back to work and went on a work trip in February and then came out here and rented a room at the Pioneer Time Motel. I'd never been to Pappy's. I'd never been to the motel. Everything was closed. It was like a Wednesday. And I went for a walk. I kind of like wrote down what I thought, like what my fantasy place would be like and went for a walk and like over and just walked down this hill and there's this property and behind the fence was a for sale sign. And I, there was like a big X in the sky um, from planes or whatever. And I was like, X marks the spot. Like I just knew I hadn't even looked at any other properties. I was like, this is the treasure. This is it. And, um, contacted the realtor and he wanted to show me other properties and I was like no <laughs> this is the one and he was like the seller's realtor and he decided that he was going to work with me as mine as well and he became my advocate more than hers which was funny um and yeah it took a couple months to pull it all together and loans and everything but it happened and it was just like meant to be and it was weird like my friends are like you're gonna move out to the desert by yourself what are you doing and i'm like i don't know <laughs> like how am i gonna work what am i gonna do i i just kind of leapt into it and then since then it's been five years of just i mean so much has happened here so much um but i am a pioneer i feel like a pioneer woman because i've ended up having to like you know like the first day i got here i was like how do i turn on the well how do you work a propane tank? <laughs> you know, like, and now it's like, okay. Well, you figured just, it out, right? Figure it out, you know, and yeah, just kind of built the space out and share it and rent it out. You had talked in, like, in your questionnaire a little bit about, like, that it's a place of healing and respite for people and it has been for yourself. Can you talk, uh, speak to that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, um, 
especially in the beginning people would well now too but a lot of people now are like kind of everyone comes back when they come out here like they want to come back which is great um that speaks a lot for the space um and just to to be clear it's it's not just space like, right <laughs> i myself have been there twice three times now <laughs> various stints and it's not just the place yeah <laughs> the incredible hostess i love hosting so than anything yeah yeah i mean i think that's yeah i think that's my kind of core competency is hosting you know um so yeah so when people come in i noticed a lot you know that they're driving in, they're getting off the freeway they're driving in from wherever you know a lot of times la and they're still kind of buzzing from like the psychic energy that's in a city or that you're in when you're just out and about mm -hmm. and they get here and I can just see like the energy shifting, you know, like just the stillness and the quiet and all you hear is like the birds or the bees or coyotes. And like, it's like they slough off the, the city or whatever. And then they, you know, people want to like, they want to create or they want to write or they want to get out in nature and, um, and then things start coming up for, for them, I think, that I, I see, and it did for me too, to explore like the emotional stuff or the creative stuff or tapping into something that like might have been dormant for a while. And I think that's why people come back. They're like, I need another fix. <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah, which is great, which is great. And, it, and I like it. I like to have people come through and their energy. And, and like I said, like, you know, I, I feel like I'm more, kind of productive and inspired on the creative front when other people are here um, mm -hmm. to have, you know, that energy around. And you've had such an array of people, right? It's like you've got writers and singers and you've even had music videos shot there and like weddings happening. And you, you have a quite of a, a variety of people coming through. Yeah, it's eclectic. And that's part of what's interesting about like, you know, um, People are like, well, what's your business plan? What's your focus? What's this and that? And it's like, well, it's kind of what comes to me. It's like what's drawn here. And part of me feels like I need to like write it out and figure this, you know, be more like rigid, you're not rigid, but like more linear about it. But I can't because like, you know, I had an event last week and I'm like, I want more creative stuff. And then like three days later, a musician wants to come in and host an event in two weeks. And I'm like, you know, like I can't be you're so... Yeah, I can't be so boxed in. I have to ha allow room for those things to happen and also allow trust, you know, like I have all these possibilities up in the air for next year that I haven't like signed the contracts in and nailed down. You know, there's there's some external things, influences I need to work with like the county and stuff and figure that out But um, for public events. But it's also like I need to keep it open to these things coming in and seeing what direction you know in the beginning it was a lot of music videos a lot of still shoots and then it turned to parties and weddings and now that the the barn looks more like a gallery it's more now looks like it's heading more toward film and performance which is kind of more of what i get more jazzed about so i'm excited for that next kind of you know phase it just changes it's more amorphous which is good um but also it really challenges me to trust that the bills will get paid <laughs> you know 
Like if I want to be a wedding meal, I know how much I'll make every weekend and I know I can book it out and all that. But like, I want to allow room for the creative stuff. So, um, that's where the meditation and spirituality come in. It's like, <laughs> as long as I remain grounded, it'll all work out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What has being at this place and creating this community and this space, how has that helped you on your healing journey? Um, well, the space is very healing. And also to know that I'm like, to take stock, you know, of like what I've created in the space but also like physically built um you know as the evolution and progression happen it's it's internal as well you know and when people come and they like feel at ease that's because i'm at ease you know and we're also healing each other like there's a lot of conversations i have with people about my life and, and about their life um it's ever flowing. Uh, the space itself is just, it's, it's, it's just the stillness and the expansiveness. Like I feel like in a city, like in an, I felt lonelier in my apartment in Venice with everything going on around me than I do here alone. <laughs> you know, there's just a certain sense of like, awe of, of just the nature and the, and the space and the changing sky and the animals and it's palatable. Like you, you can feel it. You can't deny it. I feel like nature too forces you to slow down and to recognize it. Whereas yeah. There's so much going on and there's so much busyness that you kind of get lost in all of it. Whereas right. Being at a place like Super X Ranch, like, forces you to slow down and be with yourself. And to, like, look at the signs. Yes. Like the crows <laughs> that are always showing up at your door. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Um, and I think, you know, I told you that my, my that ranger, my, my assassin cat, the hunter, um, has uh, not come home in a couple months. I, I did my vision quest ceremony. And when I got back, I was sitting on the front porch and I think it's called a murder of crows, the Ravens. Um, I had about 20 of them surround the house. Oh my gosh. And they were like all like screaming and I'm like, what? And like, part of me is like, you know, maybe I had this spiritual death and like, what's the symbology of that? But then another part of me was like, it's probably because Ranger, the assassin cat, is not leaving them mice anymore and they're hungry and they're like, where's my lunch? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no more lunch, guys. Got to fend for yourself. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, um, so where do you see the, you know, where do you see yourself and the ranch in, you know, the next five years? Like, where do you see yourself wanting to go with it? That's interesting because I've been here five years. I moved into the ranch the week before my 40th birthday and five years has gone by. Like a lot has happened and it's gone by so fast. 
and I'm 45. And I'm like, in five years, I'll be 50. It just feels like such a milestone. Mm -hmm. And like, there's some things I feel like I need to like figure out before then because it's going to go by in a flash. Um, It's been a lot of work, this place. I won't, I mean, a lot of reward, but a lot of like just physical work. Mm -hmm. And so in the next five years, I'd like to like kind of get some systems in place to make it easier to have the vision unfold the vision of creativity and people coming out and showing their work or performances and stuff like that out here and filming more um and uh you know i i like there's little logistical things like i'd like a new gate or i like a new whatever but like i don't want to get mired in that kind of minutiae like i want it to be i want it to kind of like operate on its own like I want to be able to leave and come back more and travel more Mm -hmm. because I can constantly be here doing stuff and building stuff and fulfilling that vision I think I would like more art installations and sculptures and artists to come out to do more of that more art art residencies kind of more it's a hub for creativity but it's more sporadic I'd like it to have like its systems in place so that you know, people can come here and create more and it's more focused on that. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to be in a place where I have help in maintaining it and running it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little bit smoother. Like right now, I feel like I've been kind of figuring it out and not setting those things up because I just kind of don't know what it is yet. Mm-hmm. And now I think I know what I, what I want, what it, want it to be, you know, more, um, more making, mm-hmm. more exploration. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that's kind of the journey, right? It's like, we don't always, um, I always see it as like a puzzle, right? And it's like somebody took the fucking box, <laughs> but like yeah. you get these pieces and you lay them down and eventually you start to see what it is. Right. And until you really have kind of a grasp on what it is. You don't really even know, if you had people right here today, you know, and you don't know what it is, you don't even know how to direct them because you don't know for yourself. So I feel like sometimes we're not shown the entire journey and really embody it for ourselves because then we can, then help can arrive and help there and, and we can know what, what kind of systems we even want in place. Yeah. It needs to be thriving. Like, I don't want to feel like, and I've been very lucky. Like I don't, I'm never going under. I've always, the bills are always paid. I'm not like struggling. I've been very fortunate in that way, but I want it to be like thriving more so that like Mm -hmm. more can be made, more can be done, more creativity can be explored, you know, like, and I don't feel like I'm, I want to, I don't feel like I'm putting out too much of myself for the return, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, on a just a physical level (laughs) like you know just on the basic level like you know um to to be able to have it like give back to itself in a more thriving way although it's thriving now but you know what i'm saying like absolutely yeah well you've declared it and you put it out there so no way it will come (laughs) right right yeah
So Alice, how can people find you or find out about the ranch if they want to connect with you? Like what would be the best way for people to do that? I think right now the Instagram is the best way because it's always updated and you have hashtag super X ranch and you have at super X ranch. And it's honestly the one thing I check the most. Okay. <laughs> so anything, anything super current would be on super X ranch on his Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And is that the, the full like Instagram, the username, like super X ranch, super X ranch. Great. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I just want to be clear yeah. for anybody that's listening and isn't on the blog that they know exactly how to get there. So right. And then from there you can direct message me and I can give you my email and information and stuff like that. Right. Right. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. I love you and I love that you've created this space not only for yourself, but for others. Like I adore you and I like love coming and being in your space and being with you. Likewise. Oops. Angels. Yeah. I know it's so um it's just a magical place run by a magical being. Oh thank you. I hope to see you out here again soon. Absolutely. Yeah or maybe I need a trip out there. Yes. Or both. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Your time is valuable and we're grateful you're here. Please be sure to help us share the message of healing. And if you're ready to go on your self-love journey and you're in need of support, be sure to head on over to lorimarie.com slash self-love club and get started in adding more love in your life and loving the skin you're in.